0: Welcome, episode 86 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how much protein you should get in a day, choosing between upper lower splits and full body workouts, and how to transition from isolation based training to powerlifting. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What's up, achievers? Episode 86. And it's
1: our exactly one year anniversary from
0: our very first episode. Yeah, I I totally forgot that you sent that this morning. Uh, But it's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah,
1: I got the little time hop reminder on my phone today, and I was like, that's really cool and really crazy. I can't believe we've been doing this for a
0: year. Someone someone messaged us saying that they spent the last 83, 84 days um, in a row listening to one episode a day, and I was like, I apologize in advance for, or I guess in in retrospect for the first like 20 episodes <laughs> we were know. just trying so to get our bad. bearings it was a uh, it was pretty rough um but you know we pushed through we pushed through the awkward stage and you know there are a handful of probably not so great episodes you know scattered in there in between but um i think uh, i think now we're finding our groove yeah,
1: yeah i think so i mean it was just like we didn't know how to be natural or comfortable so we were kind of like putting on our like pre- presenter voice and, yeah like, trying yeah. to be very professional and it's like I mean, that's fine, but also it's easier to just be relaxed and just kind of chat about the questions and talk in a way that we would talk to our friends and our clients. And that's what we sort of started to come to realize is that that's what we needed to do is just have (laughs) a casual conversation. Um, And that kind of resonates better, I think, with people. But uh yeah we couldn't have gotten there without those first few awkward stages yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how everything goes in life
0: and and the fact that all the questions were asked from your family members (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) that too (laughs) but um as you can also tell we're still babyless because yes we're still going so it's uh officially um 41 weeks now So, one week overdue.
0: One week overdue officially. And I have so much
1: more sympathy and empathy and feelings for anyone who's ever gone over their due date because it is really rough. And I like, I remember being not a pregnant person and people being overdue and being like, oh, well, isn't that pretty common? And like, kind of brushing it off like it's no big deal. Just don't say that to anyone who's overdue because it is not, even though you know it's very high possibility and probability that you will go past your due date, it's been the longest week of my life.
0: You know, who told us that the probability is that there's a 50% chance that you're going to go past your due date? Like you should just tell, the doctor should just tell people that their due date is a week after their actual due date.
1: (laughs) Well, even my midwife said that in France, they actually give you a due date of 41 weeks
0: it just makes sense like
1: just do that cuz it's fine to go early but yeah. it's really horrible to go late
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you've had uh i mean you've you've had this one specific date for i mean that you've probably kept in mind for every single second of every day
1: yeah everything's about like this countdown to that date and you even have apps on your phone that are like only like 10 more weeks and 3 more days till your baby and like you know that it's not that accurate only apparently only 5% of people actually have their baby on the actual due date which so is pretty crazy, crazy. um but still, it's just like, it's so pervasive in your mind, this date that you, and you have to plan some things around yeah, it. So I took totally. myself off the schedule at Achieve two weeks ago. So now I'm like, man, I could have been training. Like I, I kind of got a little bit like, I, I feel like I'm just getting, I'm just going crazy because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Luckily, we always have little tasks and things that we can do um, that we're keeping ourselves busy with, yeah. but it's, it's been, it's just a weird, and it's a weird feeling to just be waiting, continuing to wait for something to happen at any moment. So yeah, I, n- I know I said that last week. But.
0: <laughs> especially considering it's just like, you know, one of the most major life events that could ever happen to you. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, it could happen at any time. It, could, so happen so the car,
1: the... it could happen in the car. It could happen in the middle of the night. Like, I don't know. It's so crazy. Every
0: night I'm like, wait, so like this could just like randomly come on like right now right like we could just be in bed and just like we have to go and you're like yeah 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 but <laughs> most
1: likely it won't be like oh movies. we gotta go not that the That's... movies where your water breaks and you just rush to the hospital <laughs> you're like I have a couple steps in between but anyway we'll, we'll find we'll out when we get it. there, we'll get there yeah. and we'll tell you the whole story when we get there so until then we'll continue on our podcasting probably not the full
0: full story right
1: I don't know I don't care I'll share <laughs> we'll see we'll see um all right. Let's get into the questions. So the first question is from DB Dancer. Lil Deb Dancer. <laughs> <Darn it. laughs> Little Deb Dancer. Um, and she said, I recently watched a YouTube video where you guys were talking about nutrition and did I hear you say you should eat one gram of protein per pound? I weigh 110 pounds. Should I be eating 110 grams of protein a day? That seems crazy high and I feel like I would be walking around bloated and farting all day. <laughs> I love it. That's really funny. Um, so yeah, this is a very general guideline. I mean, so the USDA recommendations for protein intake is actually 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, which is a kilogram of body weight is your body weight divided by 2.24. So it's, it's basically like half of your body weight. Yeah. Um, so for a 110 pound person, that would be like 50 grams of protein a day. Now, that is a minimum recommendation to avoid being protein deficient. So it's not an optimal recommendation. That's, and I think people get that confused. So when they hear something so much higher, they're like, whoa, that's, like, <laughs> yeah. that's way off of what I've heard before. So the USDA recommendation is a minimum recommendation, recommended amount to not be deficient in protein. But not being deficient is very different from being optimal. Yeah, <laughs> um, especially
0: I think a lot of these guidelines are built upon people that are just kind of like, just relatively active, right? right? pretty
1: sedentary, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, And so, yeah, if if you're working out consistently, strength training, like, you're going to need more than that to uh, sustain your body throughout these training activities.
1: Right, so that's where the recommendation starts to get a little bit higher, and the one gram per pound of body weight is typically recommended for athletes and for people who are working out consistently, exercising, lifting weights. Um, It's not for people who are who are you know just going from the office to the couch and going to bed like then you wouldn't need nearly that much protein you probably would need more like the either the usda usda recommended amount to maybe like 0.7 0.8 grams per pound of body weight yeah um now the 0.8 so the the recommendation for athletes is typically about 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight so like she was saying you know, anywhere from, for her, 100 to 110 grams of protein a day. Um, and that might seem a little bit overwhelming, but if you break it down, it's actually not that much. Um, if you have... if It's easier if you are not a vegetarian or vegan. If you're vegan or vegetarian, yeah, it's going to be much more difficult, and you probably won't be able to get that much protein, and that's okay. Um, but if you have eggs for breakfast... You have some sort of meat for lunch, like if you have grilled chicken for lunch, a protein shake after a workout, and another meat at, at dinner, you're probably gonna get like generally 75 to 80 grams of protein just from those things that I mentioned. And then a lot of your other foods have protein in them, it's just trace amounts. It's not as much protein as like you think about protein as beef and chicken and all those things. But if you put coffee creamer in your coffee in the morning, that's a few grams. If you have quinoa or rice, those have protein in them. Oatmeal has protein in it. Um, Even Jason, Jason, (laughs) I challenged Jason. He said vegetables earlier and I was like, vegetables don't have protein, (laughs) but some vegetables have protein. Apparently broccoli has about four grams of protein in a serving. So it's something. It's, it's,
0: it's, uh, that, I mean, that's pretty sizable. <laughs> it
1: is, and and beans. beans and rice and peas. I mean, spinach has protein. Spinach has some protein. Yes, it yeah. does. It does. So
0: all these things just incrementally add up over yeah. time. So. so
1: it's if you're gonna like sit down and add up every single gram of protein, you probably would actually be surprised at how much you are getting, and you're probably getting close to the the adequate amount if you're just kind of like. Including a complete protein source at every meal. So including either eggs or meat or dairy product um, like yogurt or cottage cheese, regular cheese, milk, anything like that. It all has protein in it plus everything else that you're kind of adding in throughout the day. Um, you probably will be actually pretty close.
0: So, yeah. And I think like, I mean, for us, like, I, I don't remember the last time I even like told anyone, uh, any one of our members to strive for a gram per pound of body weight uh in terms of like seeking that out and yeah. it's more just like just make sure you have protein with each meal just make a concerted effort and more than likely you'll get pretty close and we can address it further if we need to but doing that and having a shake after your workout like that pretty much should cover your bases right?
1: yeah that's yeah. that's exactly where i was gonna go next is that it's not something that i would recommend sitting down and like weighing out your food or adding it all up and making sure that you're at exactly one gram per pound of body weight, because it's not going to make that big of a difference. And especially from day to day, if it changes and fluctuates, that's okay. Like it's just not as, it doesn't have to be as specific as that recommendation sounds. Um, that's just a guideline.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you are a, I don't know, a competitive athlete or you're a bodybuilder and you really want to, you know, cut the very last couple percentage points of body fat off your body, then yes, you might want to count your macros and do all that sort of weighing and checking, tracking, and all that measuring stuff. But, you know, for the vast majority of us, like I think just using some general guidelines will get us 90% of the way there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So hopefully that... I, I hope that number doesn't scare other people um, mm. either. And, and I wouldn't worry so much about not hitting that number unless you feel like there's something going on. But you also have to ask yourself why... Like, why are you worried about your protein intake? And is it because you feel like your workouts are suffering, like you have low energy, like you're having trouble building muscle or maintaining muscle? If those are things that you're worried about or that you're dealing with, then maybe you should start to take a look at the numbers and see like, am I actually getting as much protein as I think I'm getting Yeah. Um, if you're having any symptoms? If you feel great and you just heard that and now you're worrying about whether you're getting enough, but you, there's no reason to worry because you feel good and you're in good health and don't worry about it. Yeah, Like don't, totally worry, don't worry about it. About it. Yeah. So I think there's this like fear around food and portions and all this stuff that you're, if you're not doing exactly what people recommend, what someone recommends that you're doing something wrong, but nutrition should be all about fueling your health and fueling your body and making sure that you feel good. And if you feel good, don't, don't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, it's just not worth the mental exhaustion to try to fit ideals that are just blanket statements for everyone. Yes. So yeah.
1: yeah. All right. So that was question number one. Question number two is from Happy Hippie Holly. <laughs> it's awesome username. Um, she said, hi there. I'm a huge fan of the work you guys do. Thank you for being... Oh, she just said a bunch of nice things. I don't have to read all of that. Um, she basically said, I've been an avid gym goer for over a year now, but I've mostly been, vo- been volume focused in my strength training, even though I've been lifting fairly heavy. Now that I'm down about 75 pounds and not only wanting to work out to lose weight, I want to have a more distinct shift toward powerlifting. The problem is that while some of my isolation exercises are on par with my strong powerlifting friends, my compound movements are exceptionally light relative to what seems like I should be capable of. I seem to be having trouble getting the power needed for these movements. Even with doing reasonable weight, for example, my bench press is at about 95 to 105 pounds. Um, My... My triceps and chest isolation exercises are more impressive. what might why might this happen? How do I train to fix this? So basically to um, summarize, she's basically saying that she when she first started training she was focusing more on it sounds like more on weight loss. Um, she's lost seventy five pounds, um, which is fantastic good for her for for meeting her goal there. And I love that now she's like, okay, I I kind of met that goal. And now I want to change focus to not just weight loss, but, but powerlifting and getting stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, so with that said, when, when she was training for weight loss more, so she was doing, she said more volume work, which I imagine she kind of means more like isolation exercises for higher repetitions. So things like maybe tricep extensions, chest presses, like dumbbell chest presses, push ups, maybe things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and not necessarily the power lifts. And now she wants to shift her focus over to doing heavier power lifts, probably in the lower rep range and trying to get the weight on the bar up.
0: Yes, okay. yeah.
1: So the reason, and so she's she's saying compared to her friend who power lifts, her ability to do like a tricep extension is either the same or even more than her friend who can power lift. Like, let's say a tricep extension on on a machine, she can do fifty pounds, and her friend can do fifty pounds. But then they get to the bench press; she can do ninety five pounds, but her friend can do one hundred and thirty five pounds. Yeah, and she's asking, why is that? Why is there that big difference?
0: Yeah, and I think the, I think the first thing to note is that ninety five to one hundred pounds, like she mentioned, is nothing to. Um, Nothing to. What's the phrase? Scoff at? Yeah, nothing to yeah. scoff at. It's a, it's a great.
1: It's a really strong. <laughs> we, bench we actually get
0: really excited for our members any time they cross that hundred uh, pound threshold, and then we we tell them that they're in, now they're part of the triple digit club, and it's a you know it's a big deal to be be bench pressing 100 pounds. Yeah, basically. definitely. Yeah.
1: Um. So what I'm thinking about is what what's happening here, and we may need a little bit more context, but I think we can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Is that she spent a lot of time perfecting her form and, and doing a lot of repetitions of these isolation exercises in the past, mm-hmm. while her friend has probably been spending a lot of time doing a lot of the power lifts in the past. And now when she's trying to do what her friend's been doing with power lifts and her friend's trying to do what she's been doing with the isolation exercises, there's this disconnect where it basically what each of them have been focusing on is what they're both stronger at and what each of them have been ne- not neglecting, but not doing as much they're they're weaker at yeah and so it's not surprising at all no definitely me not. um it's you get better at the things that you do more consistently so she's gonna be she's gonna have built up especially because she was doing a lot of volume she said she's built up a lot more work capacity with certain exercises um she's been able to build a lot more muscle mass in those areas yeah
0: um so yeah it's just um yeah just having more practice with those types of movements and maybe you're just more predisposed. Wow! <laughs> wow! Predisposed, you know, towards those higher volume accessory movements, and you're just naturally stronger at those. Whereas, you know, your friend might be more naturally stronger and more inclined to do, uh, you know, heavier barbell work. Yeah. You know, and it could just be like, you know, if I took took myself for example, and let, let, let's say let's take a car. Actually, let's take a car for example. Your friend might just have a strong like just built-in engine that they've just been working on for a while. Whereas for you, you've been working on developing better tires, better suspension, better other things beyond the engine. And the powerlifts take a lot of just general like absolute strength and you've been developing more of the accessory strength muscles. And so, yeah, basically you, you've just developed something else that's, you know, slightly different that is less applicable to the powerlifts. And w- like I have a friend that is uh, his name's Adam, and he's five nine, about one hundred and fifty pounds. And I for mean, for
1: reference, your six foot. Yeah, and... I'm six
0: foot two o five, and he outlifts me by a couple hundred pounds on certain lifts. <laughs> like this guy is out of control, and he's just like he's just built a certain way. And yeah, levers can play a, a role as well. Yeah. So he's gonna be a, he's a little bit more he's a little smaller he's a little more compact a little stockier. Um, and that can really attribute to performing better in the power lifts. And so there's just a ton of factors that play into the equation, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would just get really good at, just continue to practice grooving the power lifts. Yeah. Um, And that's the other thing
1: with grooving the lifts is exactly what I was going to go to. Adam started powerlifting in high school.
0: Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. And you didn't, and yeah. so
1: you—he has years of just like this base of movement that he understands exactly what he's going to do when he gets under the bar. That's true. And he just, his body just knows exactly what needs to happen in order to get out of the hole of the squat, or in order to pick the barbell up. And he has all these techniques that he's perfected over time that just take time. And yeah. And the more that you, the more repetitions that you get with the bar, every time you step up to the bar, if you're being mindful you're thinking about the process you're gonna get better and better every time but it, it doesn't happen overnight at first you're when you go like even for me still I would still consider myself probably an intermediate powerlifter like I've competed in a meet but I'm not by any means like a, an extremely experienced or strong powerlifter yeah. um, and still sometimes when I get under the bar I'm thinking about a lot of things yeah. and I think that once you become an elite powerlifter or once you're really truly like mask nice. you have mastered it, you're not thinking anymore you're getting under the bar and you're just real, you're just doing the work yeah right and so the more that you're thinking about technique the more that you're thinking about what you're doing or if you're nervous anything like that those all of those things contribute to not being quote unquote as powerful or as strong it's not that you're not as physically strong or physically capable it's that your body is just not there yet
0: yeah 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 and actually to to go beyond that point like he yeah, he spent a lot of years powerlifting in high school, especially for football. I spent a lot of time just doing pure bodybuilding-based okay. workouts, and so I would outlift him on, on a lot of stuff like curls and calf raises and <laughs> leg press and leg extension because that's just what I was used to. Uh, but obviously, it didn't translate over to the powerlifts because like he had been doing the powerlifts, um, and so yeah, it's not one is not better than the other necessarily. Um, it's just uh, it's just what you've been uh, practicing with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. And then the last question is from Benignu... Benignu. (laughs) Um, Lots of O's at the end. They said, "Um, I consider myself a beginner, but not an amateur, if that makes sense. I'm still trying to get in the groove of strength training. I've recently taken about a month-long break due to late days in the office. Previously, I was doing an upper-lower four-day split starting on Mondays, upper Monday, lower Tuesday, off Wednesday, upper Thursday, lower Friday, off on the weekends. I was doing okay at keeping up with it, but sometimes work would get in the way, so I'd miss sessions here and there. I just want to know if this is an efficient program or if I should consider full body workouts instead. Thanks in advance.
0: Uh, this is a really good, just overall practical question yeah. Um, that uh, yeah, that are excited to answer, actually.
1: Yeah, so what I, what I was kind of thinking about with this question is the different seasons that we go through just in life and that you... There's always going to be an ideal program for the stage of life that you're in currently that might not be have been ideal for you six months ago and might not be ideal for you six months from now. Mm -hmm. Um, So really looking at your at your opportunity for training and building your program around that as opposed to trying to fit your schedule into what you think might be the optimal training Routine.
0: Yeah, totally. Um,
1: so a four day a week routine is great. An upper lower split is great if you can get to the gym consistently four days a week. Yes. Um, it's not great if you can only get to the gym consistently two to three times a week, but you're trying to force yourself to do a four-day-a-week program, then you get off track, then you feel bad about missing workouts, then you aren't getting as effective of a workout plan in. So it there isn't one that's better than the other, it's whichever one you can actually. Accomplish.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, if if if, it, if it's the case where you are finding yourself missing workouts on a four-day a week program, you might as well do a three-day-a-week total body program and then have a flex day where you just do accessory movements that might help out your you know power lifts if you do that or might help out your Olympic lifts if you do that, or just some bodybuilding exercises or whatever it might be. That's just kind of like your bonus day. But make sure that you lock in that, those three days for your total body program. Um, the, the only reason why you want to do a – the reason why we like to subscribe to a total body workout plan is because it is going to be a lot more efficient given the time that most people have. And most people have about two to three days a week to work out. And that's why we really highly recommend it. The reason why we don't recommend total body for four days a week is, become, is it becomes really tricky to actually recover from all those workouts and that's where it becomes more feasible or more reasonable to split things up from an upper lower standpoint so that when you're working your upper body you can let your lower body recover when you're working your lower body you can let your upper body recover and vice versa and so there's nothing magical about the upper lower program it just becomes more of a logistical situation where it it becomes difficult to recover from four total body days so we might as well break it up a little bit further yeah yeah
1: I, I think that having the flex day is is a really good plan. Yeah. Um that's what I kinda do that with classes. So if you go anywhere anywhere yeah. that offers group classes, I always have like in the back of my mind that I have a three-day work three day week plan that I'm planning on doing. Like those are gonna be my programmed in workouts. And then if I find myself with a Saturday where I have the opportunity to go and take a class, like that's just a bonus. Yeah. And it feels great to get a bonus workout in as opposed to feeling like I'm forced to get that fourth workout in even if I don't really have the time or I yeah. don't really have the energy or whatever it is, like feeling bad about myself for not getting to the fourth workout is so much worse than feeling good about myself for actually getting one yeah yeah (laughs) so it's just a whole mindset thing um but definitely I would say if you're at all concerned about time being an issue if you're at all worried that four days a week sounds daunting go to a three-day week plan like Jason said with total body as your program and then have that fourth day as a flex
0: yeah and actually going back to what you're you let off with in terms of seasons like for myself I know that More than likely, in the fall and winter, there's going to be less travel. There's going to be less stuff going on. And so I know that I can probably commit to a a four-day-a-week program. But come summertime, I know that weekends are going to be a little bit scarce. Uh, We might be out and about on weekends. Um, And so I'll adjust my programming to be three total body days throughout the week and one flex bonus day if I happen to have that weekend free or whatnot. And so, yeah, just throughout the year, thinking, just mapping it all out and just being realistic with yourself. And you you don't have to think like oh I, I'm I'm less consistent or less uh, invested in my health and fitness because I'm only doing three days a week. Just understand it's just uh, in, take it in context of your entire life. Um, and so overall, if you're consistent throughout the year, then that's all that really matters. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's uh, also important to note that we're we're being like super honest about the amount of days that we work out, people, I feel like never believe me when I say that I work out three days a week, three to four days a week. they're like, but you're a a trainer and you work in a gym. You own a gym. Why wouldn't you work out every day? (laughs) I'm like, well, if I thought that that was the best way to work out, then I would recommend that for other people too. But I don't think that's the best way to do it. So I do what I recommend everybody else does, which is three to four days a week. Like everything that we were just talking about, that's what we do because we actually think that that's the best approach and yeah. um, the most sustainable approach and the approach that keeps your body feeling good and healthy. And so, yeah, it's always the, people are always shocked when, when we answer like, Oh, three to four days that, a week. That
0: is so true. Yeah. And everyone just like looks at us shocked, like, Oh, I thought you worked out six or seven days a week. And actually a lot of times it's less like judging. It's more like a sigh of relief. It's yeah. like, Oh, like I can actually be, you know, fit and in shape by doing exactly what I'm already doing, which is why we keep trying to preach that message that you are fit just because you are being consistent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> those are those are all the answers that we have for your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for submitting those. And we would love more questions. So if you have them, send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. You can send us a DM or you can comment on any of our posts and we'll try to pull them from there as well. And if you like this podcast and if you like what you hear, we would love for you to leave us a Uh, iTunes review. It would be super, super helpful. And until next time, peace, love, and and muscles. muscles.